0: Law Focus Podcast Law Focus point, point of information Good evening and welcome to another edition of Law Focus My name is Melissa Deweni And it has gone three minutes after seven Welcome to 5M On 88.1 I'm together with Teppam We're Happy How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good I'm very happy to be back Yeah. <laughs> it always seems like it's a very long time But I mean, it's <laughs> only a week I get excited when it's time to, to come back to On air. But anyway, Law Focus is a program which aims to deal with all of our legal issues and our objective in the show is to inform you, our listener, about your legal rights and we try to discuss it in a way that makes sense to you and hopefully informs you and and gives you an ability to maybe unpack it, understand it and use it to your own benefit when you need it.
0: Yeah and on today's episode we're going to be having an interesting conversation, I don't know whether you think about it, I know I do, which is about security guards and what legal powers they really have in the country. No. Um, uh, it's something I've always wondered about Sometimes you get into shops People check your bag And they search you on your person Those kind yeah, of things no. We need to talk about Whether those things are actually legal at all
1: Life in South Africa is always full of <laughs> <laughs> A day doesn't go by where you don't come across a security yeah. guard We even have security guards That are somewhat unique to this country And they're called the car guard, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> Okay, they're not security guards we, in the no, sense, not, but not, yeah. I mean, it's a very unique South
0: and I mean, last week, Tuesday, there was a robbery at Crystal Shopping Mall mm. and a security guard was injured, uh, shot yeah, in his badly, arm, yeah. mm-hmm. and they managed to run away. Fortunately, they acted very quickly, and the law enforcement officers, the police managed to spot the car that was running away somewhere in Soweto, got the goods back for the company. One of the suspects was shot dead yeah. in the process, and the other one was arrested, the other one is still on the run. And this is common, Uh, it's not the only shopping mall where we've had robberies and security guards might not necessarily have been able to do something about it or are even hurt in the process and I think that's why we need to have this conversation this evening to unpack what role they have, otherwise what's the point?
1: But it is a massive industry in this country Um, in South Africa we have Employed, hey, we have uh, just under half a million security guards. It's a huge industry, and then nine thousand registered active businesses, um, uh. Uh, security businesses, uh, and th- that means that there is a security officer. Uh, they outnumber the the police officers by a ratio of two point five to one. So for security- every, you know. Uh, Ten security guard, uh, police officers. You've got. You've got twenty-five security guards. guards. So that's how important they are. And as people who consider their occupation to be security guards in South Africa, we are touching two million. of the Of those two million, uh, five hundred thousand. it's a big industry.
0: It is. I guess if you are struggling to find employment, you could always think about being an entrepreneur and opening a security company. Right, were, yeah, right? yeah.
1: But we don't want fly-by-nights and we don't <laughs> want them to be unregulated.
0: This is South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, police minister, Big like, earlier in the year, uh, in June actually, uh, came up with new rules and regulations for security guards um, that were gazetted. We're going to also deal with that. But as Tepo was saying, the numbers at the moment is... 1 to 303 police officers, that's the ratio, whereas um, the that's, international... Yeah,
1: that's two uh, citizens. Citizens. Yeah, yeah, yes. so one police officer to, to 383
0: yeah. citizens. Yeah. Um, internationally, it's 1 to 220. And the SAPS um, should be getting more police officers, at least 14,000 hired within the next three years. Yeah. Although, interestingly... In order for us to meet the international standards, uh, articles are saying that research says that 60,000 police officers is what South Africa actually needs. At the moment, if you are interested in the numbers, we have 193,000 police officers in total. A few
1: weeks ago, we discussed the uh, crime stats in South Africa. And that is a worrying figure. And it's probably why uh, the security industry is so important now. Now, they have over the years, um, you know, drawn attention, uh, mainly because they're on the front line of criminal activities, confronting criminal activities. Some of the um, reports have not been very positive. Some of them have, but some of them are not good. Instances where uh, security officers seem to use an extraordinary amount of violence disproportionate to the circumstances. They're heavy-handed at times, um, and their strikes can be wow. <laughs> I mean, if I think back uh, a few years, not, mm, not a few, about mm. 10 years ago, where they had a massive strike, and it was a catastrophe. I mean, it is was unmitigated disaster, that. So, yeah, they have drawn attention, and not all of it good.
0: Not all of it good. No. Well that is one of the reasons that we're going to then be having this conversation and obviously we're going to need experts. So right here next to me, it's a more happy. you know he's an attorney. Yes,
1: yes, yes, shine, yes,
0: shine, shine, shine.
1: No, 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 shine, shine. <laughs>
0: And he owns his own legal firm, Shine Some More. Mm. And um, he did his dissertation (laughs) on the subject matter. And so he's going to be our first expert this evening. Um, And yes. My
1: dissertation actually was on the use of force in effecting an arrest, which is a very important topic when it relates to security guards.
0: Okay, perfect. And then we're going to speak to Mr. Philemon Bembe from Satawu. He's the National Coordinator for World Security um, at that particular organization and he's also going to weigh in on everything that he knows and how we should protect these people and how they should be protecting us. So you don't want to miss it.
1: Yeah, and don't forget that this conversation really depends on you as well. It is for you, not just for us to sound nice and uh, the sound of our own voices. It's for you to participate and you can do that by following us on Twitter and you can keep the conversation going at Vow FM using the hashtag LawFocus. Our podcasts are available at Iono.fm. I never know whether I'm saying it right. Iono or Eono, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you're tuned into Law Focus on Vow FM 88.1 and coming up after this break, our legal Hotspots. Remember, I'm Tap Mahapi, and with me is Millicent Ndaweni and we are hosts. Mm, my sincerest, and we're your hosts uh, uh, for Low Focus tonight.
2: Rounding up all, all the top, stories, all the top of the stories of the week it is. It is Legal Hotspots.
1: Right, welcome to our legal hotspots. We're going to discuss the hottest legal stories for this week. And this week, uh, I mean, like like every week in South Africa, there's something to talk about. It's every never quiet. Every day here, there is something to talk. We don't just talk about um, things that are just vanilla. But anyway, the Justice Department is petitioning to President Cyril Ramaphosa to give uh, Fizmaswol activist Kanya Kanya a presidential pardon. Now Acheke was sentenced to 8 years in prison the 3 of which was suspended and this was for his involvement in the infamous fall campaign. Um he pleaded guilty. This is an interesting one because he pleaded guilty I suppose on advice from his legal um, um, team yeah. uh, and he pleaded guilty to public violence and malicious damage to property. Now his new legal team said he, he the, it, the trial was unfair and they want to appeal the sentence and the conviction and they wanted the court to grant him bail that's the magistrate's court to grant him bail pending the outcome of the appeal uh... Um, to the to the to a superior court now the court denied him uh, bail and dismissed his leave to appeal. Interestingly, the justice minister Ronald Lamola then stepped in and said they want to assist him in um,
0: a presidential pardon. Yeah,
1: getting a presidential, which would have the effect of expunging his record. You see, uh, or you know, setting everything aside, making as though it didn't exist. It's it's a ooh, it's an interesting one. I've never seen uh, this happen before, and of course, it's going to create a lot of opinions because one can argue that if if this conviction is set aside. What about the, all the other little convictions that happened during uh, service during,
0: delivery protests? Yeah,
1: or even during the Fismus fall. You know, there, there were s- smaller ones. You know, public violence, all sorts of. You know, urinating. All these little things during public mu- uh, pu- uh, fees must fall campaign that occurred, and maybe people uh, pled guilty to 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 you know, to finish the process quickly. What about all of those? On the other hand is it really uh, is it really that bad to to give a um, a pardon given that that movement did effect a lot of changes
0: true it's a very emotional one it's a tough one yeah and if you know that you have benefited from the fees must Fall movement it's hard for you not to um what's the word empathize uh with the leaders of that movement because Mm -hmm. they played a very 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 important role in bringing about the necessary change that was needed, otherwise mm. some of us would not be here studying.
1: I wonder who the complainant was in that matter, because at at some point the complainant could have uh, said, well, you know what, I want to mediate this matter, conciliate this matter, rather than taking it all, to all the way to court trial. trial. Yeah, yeah.
0: definitely, anyway. that's a tough one. Uh in another case, your favorite is in the news again and that's former President Jacob Zuma.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello again, Mr. Zuma. We've missed you.
0: <laughs> so a few years ago before he became president, uh there were corruption charges against him and those were taken away. And now he's back again because um it's been alleged that he benefited from about 51, not not that he benefited this total, but he benefited from an amount of about 51 billion rand in total, which was to purchase fighter jets, patrol boats, military equipment, um, etc. for 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 um, what is it called armed
1: for the arms deal. The arms yeah, deal. Yeah, the arms deal yeah.
0: And and um before he became president that was closed and now it's been reopened. He tried to go to court on Friday to get this to be dismissed um, as a permanent stay of prosecution meaning never ever again should this ever come up. But he was not successful and so that's why he was in court in Pierre Marysburg today um the the state has said this is not politically motivated and so his legal team is going to have to come up with uh more miracles intellectual legal miracles to try and uh find another way to to appeal the matter if 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 they do um but for now what we do know is next year february the pre-trial is supposed to take place and then in april
1: The actual trial will be commencing. Yeah, hopefully it will take. It's an interesting manner of litigating, almost Stalingrad-style litigating from Zuma, given that he has always said that he wants his day in court. So it's really (laughs) interesting. But anyway, everyone has the right to a fair trial, and uh, if he wants to exercise those rights, we can expect an appeal here. You you, you don't need a you don't need to be a genius to know that or, or a Sangoma to know that Zuma will appeal. Okay. The Constitutional Court has made a landmark ruling in favor of Stellenbosch University's new language policy. If I remember correctly, it was around about 2016 where the language policy of Stellenbosch University was amended, uh, making English the primary medium of, of um, instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was taken to court, and the court then dismissed the application or the the argument that uh, against it. So the, the court upheld um it and the reason uh, that it did so upheld the new language policy of english being the primary medium of of instruction as uh, to promote multilingualism uh, and to support uh, and to support academic staff and career success of students and the staff And uh, it's really to take into account the fact that there are many, many different languages in this country. So that is actually quite a good ruling. I'm in full support of it. Those men in orange, uh, uh, they can cry us a river. Right. Now let's take a look at what is happening on our (laughs) voxie questions. Um, What we asked our our listeners was how effective are security guards in combating crime? Can they be relied upon in the absence of police officers? Let's take a listen to what they had to say.
3: I feel like security guards do not have enough power to help fight crime because firstly they are not armed themselves, which makes them also vulnerable to crime. I just think they are put there, maybe it's a certain complex or company, to help create a certain image criminals know that the security the security guards at a certain place they might they're likely to avoid the place um, and also they are more focused on wherever they are placed whether it's that company complex or place not to fight not to help fight crime for the greater good of the community And they don't have much power in compared to policemen also in terms of shooting guys and stuff like that. So I really think this is not sufficient and maybe them being given more rights could be good for the community. Security guards are not effective in combating crime because they don't have the necessary training skills and equipment to protect themselves and the tenants. Uh, They cannot be relied upon in the absence of police officers because I think it's not their duty to combat crime, but their duty is to merely uh, maintain law and order. As much as I honestly appreciate the presence of a security officer when I go to certain institutions, I don't think they're necessarily effective at fighting crime. If anything, they're just there to make sure that people know where they're going, um, to make sure that whatever, security systems are present are being put to work even when it comes to crowd control you still need a a team of police officers who are you know uh, crowd controlling um i think they should be given much more in-depth thorough training they should be taught to deal with actual situations and not just tell you "Um, um i don't think their presence deters any criminal activity and after dark they also go into hiding like after the sun sets you can't see where the security is so i think they also fear for themselves because they know they aren't trained enough so uh, i appreciate them being there but they need to be trained better they do not do they do not fight crime at all
2: okay i think that they do play a role in combat crime or in preventing crime but it's very limited Say, for example, they are guarding improperly. So, ideally, respond are quicker than the police, and they could actually be in the act. So, bazo Babopa under citizens' arrest and wait for the Amapoisa, Kugutu, and then Amapoisa, because they are so, so in to reinforce the law, Amapoisa can actually do something about that. But, that is only in an ideal world. In this real world, yes, bias to say like People should not even consider going to rob that place or going to go commit crime in that place because they'll be spotted and then they'll be arrested. So, our security are They spot a the crime, and then they report it to our And then how fast our responds also. I'm not sure if I'm answering the question, but, yeah, they have a very limited role, and we can only reply on them, Magu based on what i'm supposed to as a reply first, engine so if you security bank is keeping under citizen arrest he points a million figure promptly so that, because so that as a was to reinforce uh, the law because the security can't actually reinforce the law
0: that's an interesting one i think they share my views <laughs> which is that security guards generally don't have much power that's just my take yeah. on the matter um what's your simple t- do you think that
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. 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 I'm not sure that we're being fair by expecting them to have a massive impact on crime itself. They aren't law enforcement, and uh, uh, most of their work. Um, it doesn't involve actual arrest. It would, it would involve recording of an incident or being visible to prevent an incident from occurring. Mm. But, okay, we're going to unpack it and we're going to see whether or not people's perception of um, security officers is justified.
0: All right. That's perfect. So welcome to the show, Tepomu Happy. You are our first oh, guest. Welcome Thank back Thank you for oh, oh, joining yeah. us oh, okay. this evening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's why well, I wasn't here for the last thirty minutes. <laughs> um.
0: Well, um you are now working on it in a different capacity.
1: Right, yes. Let's yes. start
0: off with private security in South Africa. How important is it for us to have it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 really important to have it. Uh, We have a crime problems, I don't think anybody can deny that. And then we also have a situation where law enforcement is not able to cope with the levels of crime that we have. So, we've got a very, very high ratio of um, citizens to police officers, which is 383 Mm. uh, citizens to one police officer, whereas we should have about 220. We have Half a million or so uh, security officers in the country. We only have just under 200,000 police officers. So there's a very, very big gap between what we need from a security point of view just to feel safe and what law enforcement is able to provide. And that gap can only be bridged by trained security. So it's a very important Mm. aspect of... If you think about assets and so on that need to be moved, they can be worth millions. It can be cash, it can be gold, whatever it is. Mm. But it can be a lot of money that needs to be moved. Very valuable things. And that needs security. Law enforcement can't get
0: involved Mm. in that. Mm. And and, and would we say security officers are truly empowered by the law? And if so, how effective are they in exercising the duties that they... Legally, can
1: should be doing. So there's, I'm not really going to speak about regulations and so on because I mean that isn't really interesting stuff to, to be honest. Just to be frank, the law tends to yeah. be boring. <laughs> so I'm assuming that what you want to really know about is how a security officer can deal with a given situation. So he's faced, for example, with a thief, or a robber or um, someone who's committing an assault or any other sort of crime, how can they respond to that? Yeah. All right, so a security officer is, in fact, no different to you and me. Mm. In the eyes of it law, really, is not that different to yourself and me. Okay, he must be regulated and all of that it must be a member of uh, the authority. But in reality, he's not... Hugely different from you and I. He's not a peace officer. He's not a member of law enforcement, i.e., a, a metropol or a, a, um, SAPS, a, a SAPS or SANDF. Or, 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 uh, well, SANDF hmm, is, is, is a gray different. area. As 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 it's a, a, water, stuff like that. prison ward. Yeah. All of those people are peace officers, the law enforcement officers. It's a different category of people. But a, a security officer is not one of those. And so the normal things would apply. Um, that would apply to you and me. So if you and I see a crime that's occurring, we may, for example, act in private defense. Uh, Private defense includes self-defense. So a security officer witnesses, except being robbed, and the security officer then apprehends um, my assailant. Nothing wrong with that at all. He may do that. And if I am being robbed, say, with a a weapon, um, he may also respond... Because in proportion with that, he may also respond uh, using a weapon as well. But it would depend on the facts. So anything that a normal person is allowed to do, a security officer would be allowed to do as well.
0: Now, would you not say that that in itself is problematic? The fact that a security officer is just a normal citizen like you and I, isn't that already a bit problematic in how much power they uh, actually uh, don't have, to be quite honest, in executing their work?
1: Well, I say that they're just like you and me in the sense that um, they aren't considered law enforcement. They, they are not part of the law enforcement sort of field, you know, from a legal point of view. Of course, what sets them apart from you and me is training. That is what sets them apart. They have knowledge of the law, often, if they're well trained how much force they can use when they're permitted to use force they have knowledge for example in observation to obs- observing how people are behaving in a given say, at a stadium um, um, how to confront a problem they get if they are trained correctly that is what sets them apart and that is what makes them different to you and me So it's the training that is very important that it sets apart the security officer from you and me mm. so no i wouldn't agree with that that to look at them um uh, similarly to you and myself is problematic now.
0: Mm, okay interesting one and what would you say then the the challenges that they have are
1: right so i mean i've I've now almost romanticized security officers because, uh. they, <laughs> because they receive a lot of training and all that in reality many 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 do not they have to pass a physical exam basically or physical tests that they're able to move, they can run, um, they're not on drugs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but to actually receive training is costly. And a lot of security companies don't provide adequate training. Someone is simply stationed at a location and their job is to observe. That's, mm. that's what they do all day, every day, mm. observe. And when they're then confronted with, let's say, with a, a dangerous situation, the reaction can sometimes be poor. Mm. or uh, it can be heavy-handed so um what is a common occurrence in servile let's say you have a situation where a person is suspected of having committed a crime let's say here in a mm-hmm. young man is suspected say a uh, uh, someone who's not very wealthy it's normally the victims of these things mm. and you see a police officer beat them black and blue uh because someone shouted vimba you know which is unex- it's acceptable to arrest the person and then call law enforcement and I take it from there. But lack of training might make a police, a, uh, a, um, a law enforcement, not law enforcement, security uh, uh, officer go beyond what he's meant to do. Mm. You see? Mm. Or, for instance, not deal with a, a robbery or whatever appropriate. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so if, if, if the companies are not providing The adequate training Mm. that the security guards need? Uh, How are they supposed to be held liable? Is there no way of (laughs) regulating that industry in a particular way to make sure that these are things that are actually done?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is regulated already, but it's regulated more in terms of. It's a general type of regulation where they say you you have to provide these conditions and so on. So it's not very specific, I would say, that's in my opinion. But you have to look at the security industry a little bit holistically or broadly because you have security officers, for example, an individual who is posted outside of a nursery school To watch the cars so that they're not stolen, for example, the staff cars, is in a very different situation to an individual who is inside a fidelity or what do they call cash and transit van. Those two individuals, should they receive the same training? Is there a reason why? There really isn't a reason why those two should receive the same training. Someone in a a cash and transit uh, situation would very often be on the receiving end of an attack. You see, and they would need then to be trained on how to deal with it, whether it's in the mall as they're transferring money, or whether they're on the road, how to deal with it. someone who's standing, and is looking at the at the um, at the uh, um, the cars that belong to the employees. It's unlikely that the person is going to attack. They're simply going to break into the car as surreptitiously as they can and leave. I don't think the two need to require the same amount of training or to be trained in the same way because Mm. they're not dealing with the same kind of situation. Even
0: though it would limit their job opportunities,
1: yeah? Of, Of course, it's different if the person then wants to advance to being in more dangerous or that's something else they can then be trained according to but to simply ex, uh, expect every security guard to be trained almost like Rambo no that's I mean that's mm. that's not even it's not feasible it's not it's not something that's gonna work
0: okay well it has just gone 730 and if you have just joined us, we are in conversation with Seppo Mohapi on law focus and we are asking him about what the law basically says about security guards um, trying to unpack the legalities of this industry now, earlier this year at Tepo, we we made reference to the fact that the police uh, minister, Begitele, gazetted new changes regarding uh, security guards, the private security system as a whole, mm. um, to ensure a different kind of uniformity amongst security officers. So, some of those changes include uh, greater avi- uh, visibility and identifiability in terms of badges that they should have, uh, the security company. Uh, registration uh, number of offices those kind of things need to be visible that we can see what uh, and of course uniform uh, uh, I can't forget that one uniform should not necessarily be like any of other law enforcement offices in South Africa what do you think the impact of those changes will be to the industry to the securities as a whole
1: you know I'd be interested to really look at uh, what the intended implementation would be right and I, and I ask you and I say this because I studied at Tux and uh, when I was at this is going back a while now not that long ago but a while now <laughs> you
2: <only say> that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, the security guards there the 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 formal security guards there they dressed in a in a way very similar to the Metro Police uh, would normally dress and I found it to be very effective very very effective in that it, it was reminiscent of law enforcement they never they were well trained they didn't overstep the marks they they, they 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 were very good at their jobs and I found that their uniform assisted them in carrying out their duties mm-hmm. and you couldn't actually mistake them for law enforcement once you started interacting with them because the uniform was different it just looked similar but not the same as as the Metro Police so to try and say but you know um. The, the uniform mustn't look like a, a a police or law enforcement uniform. Okay, there's some merit to that. But a person who would imitate a law enforcement officer is not a security guard. It's a criminal who's imitating a law enforcement uh, uh, um, uh, 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 officer rather than a security guard who's now trying to be a, 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 um, a police officer. So I'm not 100% sure about why that would be Such a great thing. Mm. Um, Registration of them and and, and the names, yeah, that could be good uh, so that someone is easily identifiable should they overstep the mark. Our government is very famous for having wonderful ideas. I mean, they, the milk, South Africa, according to our politicians, is a land of milk and honey. (laughs) But does it translate into our day to day reality? So, unless they can really really put these things into into practice and really strictly enforce it
0: yeah um,
1: it'll be pie in the sky to be frank
0: yeah interesting i will see how that pans out the uniform one i find it interesting as well because you you think that well if someone thinks that you're a security i mean you are a police officer they're likely to behave in a very um you know you, you manage your behavior you watch yourself that you are being lawful, yeah. whereas if I know who would see a security guard, anganda, yeah. you know, it's easy to just be like, I, you man, know? I, I,
1: I suppose the logic is so that people don't confuse you for a law, for law, for inform, law
0: enforcement for, officers, suppose, yeah. which makes sense as well. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you my final question before yeah. we move on to the next person, uh, which is that we know that uh, the, the the SIRA Act has certain limitations for security guards, uh, which includes the fact that they cannot. Conduct a search They cannot threaten, injure, demand information Demand documentation Those are some of the Mm. rules Against uh, security guards Um, Are these things that um, I mean how does a member How does a security guard actually Deal with a member of the public Then totally (laughs) Refusing their authority At all Um, What happens in in such cases
1: Right so I mean, a, a security officer should, should be. really has to be limited in what they can and can't do because um, they aren't law enforcement. All right? So it's not a bad thing to try and limit them. Um, for example, conducting a search on somebody isn't really something that a security officer should do. Right? Um, it can lead to all sorts of problems. uh, uh, Chief of which would be, um, for example, a security officer searching someone of the opposite sex unnecessarily. It happens all the time, uh, but that's something that really shouldn't be happening. Or, for instance, a security officer then uh, searching, say, my bag and law enforcement arriving. And he says, well, I found this in his bag. And I say, he put it there. I don't know what he's talking about. It can create all sorts of, of issues like that, right? Um, you know, where they overstep the mark, they're subject to the normal provisions uh, that you and I would be subject to. So assault, assault, GBH, um, um, sexual assault, if, 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 the, if the facts would suit that. Um, so... Potentially, even an unlawful type of incarceration, which could be a kidnapping you know under certain circumstances, so they really need to be careful about how they conduct themselves and that's a good thing, even physically removing someone from a premises isn't always advisable for police op- for a, a, security. a security officer mm-hmm. to to do that um, unless that person poses an immediate threat um it would be more advisable to contain the person if they don't want to leave the premises. Contain the person, and then get law enforcement to remove the person from the from mm. the premises. So the idea of law of of security officers is to be uh, a, an assistant or to be uh, someone who assists rather the law enforcement, not take the place of law enforcement. And we can't expect them to take the place of law enforcement. Nor can we expect security officers to put their own life and limb in danger uh, to save my car or even to save me. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, he's a security officer. He's not law enforcement.
0: Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. That is the end of our conversation with Tepo Mohapi, um, was helping us with the law. We have not exhausted the conversation. We are going to be speaking next to Philemon Bembe from Satawa, National Coordinator for Security, and he's going to be joining us on the line to share his thoughts on this industry.
3: Law no Focus is produced by the Vitz Radio Academy. Law no Focus on Ball FM, 88.1, point of information.
0: It has just gone almost, almost, okay, there we go, Twenty to 8 o'clock this evening, <laughs> Twenty to 8 o'clock, né? yeah. Um, and you are listening to Vow FM, Law Focus with Tepo Mohapi and Melissa Tindiweni. So, Tepo, let's continue with our conversation.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm very interested in knowing about guns. I think you've made reference to that earlier on. Yeah. Do these people carry, are they allowed to? And then maybe you can tell us in what circumstances they can use it.
1: Okay. So, I mean, firearms in South Africa, it's not an automatic right to carry a firearm in South Africa. Nobody has an automatic right to carry a firearm. You need a permit in order to do so. Uh, And so you would then go through the normal process of uh, qualifying uh, so via training, etc., cetera, uh, to prove your competence, your ability to store it. Um, sometimes it can include some sort of uh, checks into your history as well. Often, not just sometimes, often. But there's nothing to preclude a, a security officer from having one. That doesn't mean that a security officer will always have one. He must still also, the fact that you're merely a, se- a security officer doesn't mean that. You're entitled to to be armed. No, Um, you would need to, and especially in a security guard situation, you would need to get quite extensive training. If you've seen some of the more volatile um, posts that security guards occupy, for example, the most famous one is cash-in transit. They often carry high-powered rifles, which are not easily accessible to the general public. And that is linked to their role in sort of high-risk situations. Mm. But it's specific training that they receive for that and uh, it's specific licensing that they receive for that. And and they can even be restricted to when they may carry that type of, of weaponry. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I was interested earlier on in our conversation uh, uh, when you were talk, giving a reference to, let's say, a uh, mall robbery, and a security guard does have a firearm and you were saying well remember he he's a security guard sure but he's also just a member of the public yeah um yeah. and not necessarily a law enforcement, he's not law officer. enforcement yeah. so um if a person who has committed a robbery tries to run away when he he wants to effect an arrest he could use his firearm yeah yes. um and then Obviously, it has to be within the ambit of the law. You have certain limitations. You don't go overboard. Um, So can you give us a a kind of scenario like that in which that is probable and it would be okay and you will walk without a criminal record?
1: Right, okay. Can never guarantee that you walk away without a criminal record. Um, that is <laughs> that's decided by the magistrate or the too judge.
3: Much, I'm sorry.
0: But
1: uh, what I can let's let's talk about say a practical scenario. Yeah. yeah? Uh, I'm a security officer. I, I there's a there's a situation in which there's a robbery, uh, say in a mall, and it's underway. Now, my initial, if I then. Um, take on these these robbers as a security officer or even as a member of the public my initial Reaction is actually can be classed as private defense. Okay now in private defense I may be acting to defend myself or I may be acting to defend a third party Right, so for example someone like you who's also in the mall. I may not know you but you are subject to an unlawful attack by the robbers and therefore I'm repelling that attack and it's lawful for me to do so. The problem that you have with private defense is that it's linked in time and a proximity almost to the crime. So the crime must have started not have uh, uh, yeah the the attack or the attack must be unlawful mm. it must have commenced it shouldn't have ceased and your reaction to the um, to the attack should be proportionate right so if somebody is is uh, for example an older lady is hitting you with a stick i can't shoot that old lady as a strapping young man that would be disproportionate even though she's unlawfully attacking you mm. right when I shoot her that would be unlawful for me to yeah. do that I would then be convicted of murder or potentially homicide right yeah. because it's disproportionate so there's that issue when you're talking about private defense it's very linked to the circumstance under which it happened so to prevent a situation where you are dealing with uh, uh uh, people repelling attacks and then being subjected to um, criminal proceedings against him what we can do is you can effect an arrest right and that isn't so much linked in time and proximity to the actual crime so the the person can even be trying to get away and you can still effect an arrest anybody can effect an arrest a, c- a, c- a citizen may effect an arrest or a police officer may effect an arrest. And um, the, the circumstances there could allow you to use deadly force in effecting your arrest. Let's say there is a little bit of a discrepancy. The, 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 the attack on you has ceased. He then turns around and he looks as though he's exiting uh, the mall. Right, uh, he's now shot you, or whatever the, the robber's now shot you. He turns around, he looks as though he's exiting the mall. He's still armed, and I then shoot him as he's trying to exit the mall. I could raise the defence that I'm trying to effect an arrest. Remember that he's in a mall. He's already used. He's already committed potentially um, uh, okay. uh, um, um, attempted murder, depending on the facts. He's now uh, moving, you know, away from you, but there are lots of other people there. Who is he going to harm next? The the crime that he's now being arrested for by me is a very serious one as well. Um, And I could even still raise private defense there if he poses a threat to the other people around him. It's a much broader type of uh, defense that's available. That doesn't mean that you won't go through the whole shenanigans of potentially being arrested charged with attempted murder or murder me charged with a murder attempted murder and then having to raise those defenses uh, that used to be the case long ago nowadays they're trying to open an inquest docket to find out whether a murder charge would be uh, acceptable or not but it's going to be a long process for me to go through yeah but a security officer can rely on those provisions in order to effect an arrest and even to use deadly force under certain circumstances to effect that arrest. Mm,
0: that is in proportion with whatever the attack is that
1: would now be directly linked to private defense proportionality is directly linked to private defense in effecting an arrest there is some proportionality but it's not as strongly connected
0: okay well does um, he fixing an arrest thing maybe there's someone who is listening to us for the first time and is not sure what that means and how it's actually done in practice
1: to effect an arrest.
0: To effect an arrest. So maybe you can just quickly uh, explain to us how does a member of the public effect an, an arrest. arrest?
1: What do you do? So ar- arrest is is normally used to secure the person uh, for the purposes of uh, attending court to be charged, and then well to be charged first, and then in the charge office, and then. To go to to court at a later stage. So when you effect an arrest, what you're trying to do is to contain the person's movement pending law enforcement arriving. And if you are law enforcement, you are then containing their movements, transporting them, say, to the police uh, uh, station, and then uh, charging them now in the charge office um, with a particular crime. Hey, it's just it's it's habeas corpus does it need, the body
0: does it need a, a physical holding the person uh, w- is that part of it or would that be now bordering on harassment or assaults if you have to physically a person, put them in a particular situation. I mean, I think it also now has to deal with power. I, I am not in a position to effect an arrest. I'm such a tiny person. Uh, but mm. and you, you are stronger than me. It's easy for you to effect an arrest. So it depends also on perhaps your stature and 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 um, I guess psychologically also, people have something to do with what they assume your position in society is, your class position, right? There tends to be that kind of, oh, you respect someone because they look like they're worth respecting. Not the right thing to do necessarily, but that is kind of like how people operate. Um, yeah. So what, what's your comment on those?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, um, You know, if you're affecting an arrest, there needs to be a reason why. So you need to suspect that the individual has committed a, a crime. So whether they did it in front of you or you believe that this person is a wanted individual, um, so you've seen their um, their photo in a wanted photo or something like that, it's then when you effect an arrest. Now it may not be necessary for you to physically restrain them but in all likelihood it will be necessary yeah. for you to do that because there are very few people that are going to say, oh, oh yeah, yes, sorry you've me. Got me. <laughs> uh, so yes you may need to physically detain them and put them in a, uh, in, a in a controlled environment say, so a lot of our larger um stores, um with shoplifting cases. This is just a quick example. We'll take the suspected shoplifter and place them into say the staff room and then call law enforcement and you couldn't say that that is a kidnapping. it absolutely isn't a kidnapping you can't then come around and say but it's a counter charge of kidnapping they have a reasonable suspicion that you've committed a crime and therefore they place you under arrest now all of the other considerations are superfluous whether you're rich or poor or, or, or whatever the case may be if you are uh, suspected of having committed a crime, you can be arrested and then you can explain yourself in court or should there not have been an arrest, you may have recourse at a later stage. Mm. Uh, but for the other considerations, those come secondary. Mm-hmm. Right. The the effecting the arrest itself is to gain control over the person's movements until they can be um, dealt with via law enforcement, whether it's to charge them and release them on bail or have them appear in court or whatever the case may be
0: well I guess yeah I, I would still say that I guess it's it's not easy to always be successful in that when I think of the situation the situation in my head I don't imagine it me being successful in
3: mm-hmm. effecting
0: an arrest <laughs> oh, just, oh yeah so I was just trying to be practical about it oh, um, that's oh. what H- I,
1: how would you effect an arrest someone who's small in small Yeah, like you know
0: those kind of things are I don't know I wouldn't say it's superfluous I think is part of the considerations of being able to successfully do it mm, simply mm. you know
1: i mean if 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 i'm a rugby player huge guy mm. and you try to arrest me God, bang. I, I i i i don't know that that would you know
0: work nowadays yeah, never I'm not sure that, <laughs> yeah. you Maybe know I you might must, end up with an injury yeah, you, so
1: yeah you re- remember there are very few instances in Africa that would compel you yeah. to effect an arrest hey yeah. you may effect an arrest um um if you suspect that somebody is in the process of committing a crime and then you wouldn't for example need a warrant for an arrest yeah. under those circumstances a police officer would not need a warrant to search you where he suspects that um a crime has been committed and if he now has to go for a warrant to search it would defeat the purposes of getting a warrant so you know it's a practical thing definitely
0: and i think there's something that we can also quickly speak to about uh when a security guard's life and limb uh, is under imminent threat oh yeah um how do we explain that and what do they do in such situations
1: so where a security guard himself is under threat, mm. he may rely on private defense, self-defense. He may rely on that, provided all the requirements are met that I discussed earlier. So if he's being attacked, obviously uh, by uh, you know a, a child who's having a tantrum, you may not punch <laughs> the child because the child is now The acqu- constitutional law you know, you know, something has said you're not allowed
0: sides. to hit a kid. Yeah, so please. You
1: know. Or for example, if you were upset with me and you were trying to slap me it would be inappropriate <laughs> for me to punch you I mean that gender based yeah, I mean that would not yeah. be appropriate I mean, it would be something different if uh, one of our burly guests here yeah, <laughs> tried that of course I'm a small guy relatively small guy of course I might react in a different way but where a security officer is under threat he may uh, uh, use uh, a private defense in order to repel uh, that attack. And he may use private defense to repel attack against a third party mm. as well. Yeah. Mm.
0: Okay, well, that's interesting. I don't think I've got any much more to add uh, on today's topic. Mm. I don't know if you think you might have anything that is, like, really burning.
1: Yeah. Um, p- p- perhaps we should cut them a little bit of slack. I heard some of our Voxie guys, perhaps a little bit of slack where... Perhaps some of the, the the security guards that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, yeah. very often their job is to observe and is to uh, try to record instances and to assist in a criminal case at a later stage where they will testify as to what they've seen. Um, so sometimes to 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 expect uh, security officers to step into the shoes. Of law enforcement, no. Sometimes I think we're asking for too much. We're
0: we'll asking for too eh? much. And these guys, shame—they don't
1: earn eh? They really no, they don't. Do Their salaries are really, is, really. I've, I've represented quite a few of them in the CCMA, and wow, I give them respect uh, because of the 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 what they go through in order just to bring a little bit of bread home Mm. Uh, so i don't think we can expect miracles let's rather get the 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 police force to be enlarged and better trained and 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 maybe get get the security
0: guards to train with police
1: maybe Mm, i mean interestingly there are some cpf and 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 yes we do have that yes we do have that which 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 in a way that's also um, a kind of security, yeah. kind of thing, you know, because okay, there's some law enforcement involved and you know private personnel involved as well. And there you have long, you have good, strong collaborations between the two, and they feed off each other, and it can work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, more of that would be would be good.
0: Definitely, thank you so much, tapo You are excellent. You are awesome. We had you for the whole show, and you did not get annoyed with us for asking you a million questions.
1: Oh, no, I love talking about things.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing your legal expertise with us. Remember, if you are interested in catching this show or any other shows uh, that we have done, you can go to iono.fm. Alternatively, if you Google www.visjournalism, you will find um, law focus options there. It can help you with your legal assignments. I'm not lying. So you want to check it out. And then up next, we're obviously going to have a fun, 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 fun uh, music fest with the voice of hip hop. We have the DLXL in the building and he's the one who's going to be taking the show. And this evening from our producer, Spiwe Muloi, as well as Simba Honda, and our Law Focus researchers, as well as myself, Melissa any. Thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight.
2: Law Focus podcast is also available on iTunes.
1: Search Law Focus.